God, thank you for um, your child, your son who came, who you sent. in vulnerability, um, in love, and in grace. We long for your uh, loving, gracious, vulnerable presence among us. Um, We just pray this Advent season uh, that you would grant that to us. It's the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to start with two um, quick announcements, and then we're going to be in Matthew again. And we're, we're coming to the end of our study in Matthew. Thanks, uh, We've got just a few weeks left, and then um, we're going to wrap it up. And we're going to be doing what, we're, what we've done is we, we've gone through Matthew. And now we're going to be um, looking at the Advent passages that the lectionary uses um, of Matthew. So we're, we're, we're not exactly on the passages that the current lectionary year is on, but we're, we're using lectionary passages for Matthew. And so we're going to wrap that up this year. And then in January, we're going to do like a, we're going to start the year with just like a four week look at the practice of Sabbath. Um, you know you're Sabbathing right now, right? And so we're gonna we're gonna look at um, Sundays. Don't always feel like Sabbath, but um, we're gonna we're gonna explore the practice of Sabbath a little bit um, come January. Um, the announcement I, I have uh, potentially could 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 raise a variety of emotions. I I, I want to announce this as calmly as I can because um, it really is calm. Um, in the, in the mind of, of our leadership. Um, a, a few months ago, a, a man named Greg Garman, who's, who serves as the, what's called the district superintendent um, for, our, for the Los Angeles churches of the Nazarene. Well, about a year ago, he visited our church. It was the Sunday after the election results. Um, and uh, so he worshiped with us that day. I didn't quite know what to expect his um, sense of the morning would be. Um, but... Shortly after that, he contacted me and he asked if our church would be interested in um, working with the denomination to plant another church in the city of Eagle Rock. And so, um, the uh, wow, I, I see a couple of you looking like curiously, no tears yet, that's good. Um, so... So he asked me about that, and basically there's a, there's a church building there um, that is owned by the district. Um, Greg was very uh, encouraged by his time with us, and just a little bit he knows about our, our life together. And so he asked if we would consider working on some kind of ministry in Eagle Rock. So... Fast forward, our, our, uh, the, our diaconal and, and has, has prayed about this, has, has thought about this, um, and in good mountainside fashion, um, we decided that, like, let's discern this together. Let's take a little bit of time. And so um, we have set up, a group of people have set up a process of discernment um, just to see if 
this is something that God might be calling our church to do. Um, we don't really have, I mean, there's, there's a few, like, you know, you, you hear this and your mind automatically goes to like, oh, what if, what could it look like, this and that. There's no, there's no like, idea of what, of what that would be. Um, there's no plan. There's, there's certainly ideas, but no plan. Um, so no, on November, this last Sunday, our diaconal approved this process. And so the first step of that process is for me to an- announce this in church. Hence, I'm doing that right now. Um, and then um, what I want you to do, well, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to schedule a few meetings in January for people who want to come together and pray and discern and try to understand this a little bit better. And this is for anybody who, who, a part, who's a part of our church that's interested in discerning, is God calling us as a church to something like this? It doesn't mean you have to be a part of a group or, 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 or lead a group that would start this church in Eagle Rock. Um, if you're sitting there and you're like, huh, if that came together, I might be interested in something like that. It doesn't mean you have to be a part of this group, um, if that's you. Um, but we want some people to come together, um, a part of our church, just to pray and to try to understand, okay, what, what might God be calling us to or not? Um, what's, what's the hope in this? What does it mean for our current body? Um, all sorts of questions can be explored and, and prayed through. So if you're interested in being a part of those meetings, those dates are not completely firm yet. There's like a, about four different dates, I think, that are set, and we're going to try to get two of those or three of those scheduled. But if you're interested in that, you can talk to Kevin or you can talk to Misty, and they'll let you just let them know um, that you'd like to be a part of those things. And then if you can't be a part of those things but you're still interested, our membership gathering in January will be dedicated to, as a body, doing a little bit of work in terms of prayer and discernment and conversation around what this what God might be calling us to. So in January, we'll have that membership gathering. Um, and then in February, um, out of that, we'll kind of see where we're at and, um, and go from there. All right, so that's on the horizon. And we want everybody to be, we just covet your prayers as we consider, wow, is God calling us to do something new? Um, and and in f- kind of figuring out what would it mean to follow God concretely in a different city in Eagle Rock and just what that might, might look like. All right? All good? Okay. The other announcement is tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for any men of Mountainside, we're going to have a get-together at David Smith's house. I thought I said, oh, there's David. Um, to, uh, just to kind of stand with and, and come alongside Jonathan Egram Edwards as he enters into fatherhood. So if you are interested in participating or hanging out and, uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, it's a couple hours after DeAndre's big party, um, Tomorrow's a great day in the life of Mountainside. Um, talk to David, and he can give you the. It's on Facebook and, and in the tidings if you want information. Um, all right, we are in Matthew, and we're gonna we're gonna go to that now. Um, the theme for for today is hope. And I'm gonna read a passage, and I want you to, as you hear, I'm gonna read it the best I can. Um, and as you hear it, I want you to open yourself to hope in this passage, okay? And it's the gospel, so let's stand. Let's stand as I read the gospel together, all right? 
This is from Matthew chapter 24. And this is the lectionary passage for Advent. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. No doubt many of you have heard this passage, full of hope and love and um, anticipation. Um, we know what it's like to be working, right? To be, to be doing good work, um, trying to live out the gospel, and to have friends just suddenly disappear um, and move <laughs> to some other far-off place. <laughs> I was in Seattle for Thanksgiving, and uh, um, too soon, a little, bit of, a little bit of fun, a little bit of poke, yeah. Um, I was in Seattle for Thanksgiving when this picture came up on Facebook. Uh, for those of you who are new or with us or first time, about half of the people in this group used to be a part of Mountainside and moved to the Northwest. And so they, they, put, they took a picture of their Thanksgiving um, celebration together. And I was in Seattle, about a three-hour drive, and I was tempted to just jump in the car and go and be a part of this. Um, but I thought in light of, you know, this passage and, and in light of, Church planting. We've already planted a church. That's up in the Northwest. We just didn't know that. <laughs> why this passage for Advent? Right? Why, this, why does the church look at every year the lectionary passage for the first Sunday of Advent is like this apocalyptic, what's called apocalyptic liturgy, or uh, uh, literature. Um, and it's kind of an interesting way to start um, this season of Advent. Um, we don't really have close comparisons to this kind of literature um, in, our, um, in our time. Um, I was thinking, what's that? What's the HBO show? Um, what's that? Not that one. It's not the one I'm thinking of. The, where, the, where the people go to like the amusement park in like the Westworld. Westworld. I was thinking maybe Westworld could be, could be a, um, an example. But... This apocalyptic literature was um, very common in the first century in Jewish 
times. Think of like the book of Revelation. Um, and it, um, it, it was highly metaphorical. Um, it was always generally political. And that it would conjure up the emotions that the author wanted the readers to feel about the political context of the time. Um, and, it, and it generally was a warning against complacency. Um, it, was an, it, was a, it was an invitation to wake up. Um, I was, uh, like I said, I was in Seattle. And one of the things we did was go on the big Seattle Ferris wheel. If you've been to Seattle downtown, there's this enormous, amazing Ferris wheel. My nephew, who's three, Charlie, he just couldn't get enough of it. He was just loving every minute of it. Um, and you are high. My dad and I, we weren't quite so sure about going on the, on the Ferris wheel. Um, we're in the second half of life group here at Mountainside <laughs> Communion. And so um, that might have something to do with it. But we, we didn't certainly experience like full blast vertigo, but there was this kind of sense of like, whoa, what's going on here? You can see through the bottom. And um, where is my foundation as we go around and around and around? Um, the church, 50 to 100 years, has, has had a bit of a feeling of vertigo, where as the culture has changed so rapidly, um, the church has, has tr been trying to figure out where, is, where do our feet land in this, this Ferris wheel that, that is our culture? What is God up to? What is God not up to? What is God like making happen? What does God, God want to judge? Like It's been this very confusing 50 to 100 years that all of us have been fortunate enough to be born into and, and live into. Um, the, there's been a temptation, I think, in that sense of vertigo to grab onto a passage like this and to, to turn it into a foundation. To turn it into something like firm that we can hold on to. Um, and a lot of times what that has looked like is this vision that, okay, this world is going nuts. This Ferris wheel is about to fly off the, the hinges and go into the ocean. Um, but that's okay because we read in this passage that God's going to take us out of this, this big mess. Which I can get. I can understand um, why someone might read or want to read a passage um, like this in that way. No matter what our life has going on. Whether it's cultural shifts or just change, loss, pain that we live every day. There's moments where we're like, whoa, I don't know if I can, I can deal with this anymore. The problem with that is that that's not what this literature is about. That's not what the message of apocalyptic literature is about. It's not about kind of taking away. One of the best things my youth pastor ever did, and I don't know that he knew what he was doing, frankly, when he, when he did this, but he set up these movie days after a Sunday morning worship. And we would watch, many of you have been exposed to the Left Behind series. Um, for those of us in the second half of life, we are more familiar with the Thief in the Night 
series, um, which is a very similar um, understanding of a passage like the one we read. But the best thing my youth pastor did was throw these movie afternoons where we would watch Thief in the Night videos, um, amazing 70s editing and storylines and acting, and we would just have a big laugh the whole afternoon as we watched um, Thief in the Night with my favorite, well, there's so many favorites, but one is the, the lawnmower guy, bad edit, he's gone, lawnmower keeps going, you know. Um, but looking back, what that did for me was calm down um, some of what, some of the fear and angst and concern that a passage like this can bring up in people. And I know that not everybody has had that experience growing up. In fact, it's been an experience where one person I was telling about this upcoming sermon, and she said, oh yeah, that terrified me. When I would be at home and I couldn't, didn't know where my mom was, I would have thoughts that the rapture had happened. So I know this, 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 not all of us have the same experience um, with this. But this passage is, an, is not about that. Um, it is a passage of, um, of hope, I think, if we, if we take a look and, and look closely you remember the beginning of Matthew, chapter 3, John the Baptist comes on the scene, and John the Baptist says to the people following him, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is a message we talk about a lot in that mountainside because we've been in Matthew for a year, and it's kind of the main message of Matthew. Um, and then just a chapter later, Jesus, one of the first things he says is an exact quote from John. He says, repent, turn, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, our prayer today that we read, I think, captures so much of the spirit of what the kingdom of heaven at hand is about. Christian hope is that God's kingdom comes to this world that we live in and changes it and brings justice and brings newness and brings love and peace. Um, Christian hope is not that we would leave this, this world, but that God is coming, even in a time that might feel like you're on a Ferris wheel of life, and you can't find your bearings, and you don't know what's up, and you don't know what's down. Um, Advent hope, we read this passage because it is about God coming here. Can I get a witness? Amen, right? So what if we read this passage differently? So often we've heard this and we've read this and we identify with the one who is taken away. That the blessed one is the one that's gone. 
right? But in the story of Noah, Noah stays. And the ones who live out the ways of the world are, are swept away. Right? Um, we might say the ways of the world are swept away. Um, what if we read it that way? That, that we're not invited to be afraid that God would abandon us this Advent season. But we are invited to consider and to wake up so that we don't abandon God. So that we don't get swept away in the ways of the world, the empire like we read. That we don't get swept away in the ways of money and power and and, and fam- my, my, my ears teared up when my eyes, excuse me, that would be weird. My eyes, my eyes teared up a little bit when we were reading that prayer. And I don't really know why yet. I need to think about that. But what does it mean to say, wake up, beloved? Wake up that we not get swept away in the ways of the world this, this holiday season. <laughs> um, There's all kinds of ways to read. I'm not teaching you anything new. I'm not talking about anything new in Christian um, theology. But there's, there's a variety of ways that people kind of th- think this might happen. Sorry for all the Seattle stories. But we, we got to go to a couple football games of my brother while we were there. One week, two games. Awesome. Um, both weeks, driving there, man, big sign, speaker, holding it, you know, doing this bit, right? Preaching, right? End is coming. That's one way. It's like, could be tomorrow that God would come. And he would probably have a bit of the rapture kind of vision going on. But, 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 but that's not, you don't have to, to say God may come tomorrow. God may come and make things new tomorrow. It's imminent. Um, others are a little ambiguous about the timeline. Right? We don't know if it's tomorrow. We don't know if it's a long time from now. It's kind of been a long time since Jesus was here. Um, and then others may have a more of like a, you know what, this, is, this, this, this kind of imagery is, is, is indeed that imagery. And so, but, the, but the conviction is that this world is moving. Whether we can see it or not, this world is moving towards a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Um, but the point of this passage it doesn't really matter kind of which of those or nuances of those really kind of settles in to us. The point of this passage, this Advent season for all of us, is let's stay awake. Let's stay awake um, this Advent season. Because Christian hope is that God is coming. And God is indeed here. Um, there's so much that can distract us um, from the life of faith, from service to neighbor, um, from recognizing God in our midst, from love and forgiveness, um, from so many of the things that we've studied in Matthew. I was tempted to say, like, what do you remember from Matthew? But 
That might be kind of embarrassing for those of us who've taught this whole year. Um, <laughs> that was a familiar laugh. I don't like that. Um, the, the frenetic decorating that we're about to enter into and that we are entering into, right? Um, shopping, card giving, um, that can just consume us these next four weeks. That can all be a part of what sidetracks us. Um, and so we end up preparing for this holiday rather than for Christ among us. Christ, the Prince of Peace. Um, who is indeed here. Romans, uh, this is not brand new. Romans, Paul writes a little bit about this. He says, besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now, the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us lay aside, then, the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Um, A closing of ourselves to the Spirit of God. Um, Make no provision for that to gratify its desires. Advent's not the season that it's, it kind of extracts us from life. Um, it's a season that invites us to wake up and, and, and pay attention to what matters. Um, and what God is doing. Um, so I, I wrote out a few things to, to maybe pay attention to this, this Advent season. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to read kind of through these. And certainly you can't pay attention to all of them. Or else you'd be like paying too much attention to this list that I'm reading to you right now. Um, but an invitation of some things to pay attention to um, this Advent season. I'm going to move through this, and then I'm sure we're going to have a little bit of time. Kurt, maybe if we could sing a little bit while we wait. I don't know where Kurt went. Is Kurt here? Yeah. Um, um, Pay attention to what you fear in our uncertain future. Reminding yourself that God is our foundation. That God is in us, in this, with us. Whatever, whatever those fears are. Whether it's fears around the state of our world. Those are very real fears. Feels are fears around kind of personal challenging things going on in your life. Um, fears of never being able to not have that bad habit. Um, to change the way you live but you've always wanted to fears of dreams that just that dreams may just never happen for you pay attention to those in light of the proclamation of faith that God is coming um, 
pay attention to the people closest to you this Advent season. Stay awake. And I don't mean like in a, in a Christmas card fashion, you know what I mean, around a, a tree where you're doing the things you think you're supposed to do this season. But I mean like really pay attention to the ones closest to you and how you can give them. Pay attention to people you encounter. And how might your interactions um, with them, how might you be open to holy moments with people you encounter? That's going to mean slowing down. That's going to mean receptivity. Um, But pay attention to people that you encounter. Pay attention to people least like you. This may be difficult, um, but pay attention to people in our world, in your everyday life, that are least like you. And, and what, how God might be coming um, through them. How you might be stretched um, by paying attention to their life. And to who they are, to what they value, to how they live. Just a couple more. Um, pay attention to yourself this Advent season. There's this image in kind of leadership <coughs> literature, and I'm not going to talk about leadership literature, but there's this image of that says, get on the balcony. So I would say, this Advent season, get on the balcony of life. Meaning, imagine yourself both kind of in this room on the dance floor doing life. Watch yourself. But be up there in the sound booth. There's a sound booth up there. You can all turn if you want. Um, Be up there And watch yourself down here on the dance floor. Um, See what God might want to teach you as you pay attention to your body, to your relationship with God, to how you interact with people and people interact with you, Um, your emotions. Pay attention to those things. And then finally, pay, pay attention to what we, you, might dare or risk um, as one who follows Jesus. And I don't have any, yeah, just pay attention to that. If, if the future is God's, we can have the courage to dare and risk. Um, because the future is God's. Um, pay attention to what, what those things might be, um, be today.
I'm going to pray for us, Kurt. Come and come sing. Let's 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 sing. I invite you just to kind of reflect on anything, really. Do you have a song? No. Um, that not anything. I mean, I can't control what you reflect on, but I would invite you. Uh, anything from this passage? Anything um, from that list that I just read read off? Use this time. A, mo- a moment here to open yourself up to the Spirit of God among us. Um, and God, we pray that this Advent season, um, we would not, in our busyness, while being honest about it, but even in our doubt, God, we, that we would not abandon you because you are here and you are doing new things. And so, God, we just open ourselves up to that, to to your newness, um, and pray that you would would meet us as we journey through this season together. Let's sing together.